You know, do you live off chlorophyll, motherfucker? <laughs> And welcome to the A to Z Horrorcast. This is the Creative Town Podcast brought to you by us over at A to Z Horror.com. I'm Jack, and sitting across from me is Jake. Hey, dude. Hey, and again, literally sitting next to Jake is Mark. Idaho! Oh, boy. Yeah, Mark's in Idaho. Oh, boy. Uh, he blew out the mic a little bit on that one. But oh, that's well, it was fine. worth it. Totally worth it. Totally worth it. He's yeah. excited. It's okay. We are still doing our Idaho I Horror I apologize film. if you were wearing your buds for that, <laughs> actually. We are still doing our Idaho Horror Film Festival content. And tonight, we are bringing you an interview with Rob Landerman, who is the owner and founder of the Woodland Empire Alecraft. Not the. I say the a lot. Every you know, time. It's it's you fun. cannot say a brewery without the. On record as being on record as being my favorite microbrewery in Boise. Yeah, they're absolutely. very good. They're, yeah. They've been doing it for quite a while. Yeah, they're about six brewery. years in now. About they, the same time as the uh, Idaho Horror Film Festival. Twenty thirteen. They yeah. fucking rule. They they supplied the local beer for uh, the the festival this year, Dracula Lager. Yeah, yep. which absolutely. I believe they also did last year as well. Yes. If you're swinging through Boise, try and find an Idaho Pale Ale. Yeah, City of Trees, Idaho Pale Ale. That's theirs. It's phenomenal. Uh, yeah, get. I mean, all just their go shit to rules. their brewery. Look, if you listen to our to. podcast, you can't go more than a few episodes without one of us picking a Woodland Empire beer. Yeah, for that's beers true. For yeah, yeah, they're good. Big Sticky pops up, buddy. <laughs> Big Sticky, and you're gonna hear all about his ability to crush original <laughs> horror villains. Oh yeah, yeah. Now, Mark, you suspiciously were... well thought out too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh yeah. Now, Mark, you weren't uh, you weren't actually able to be here for this interview. This one was just Jake and I. Are you telling me? Or are you asking me a question? I was kind of. He's actually you, he's actually know. telling you. Yes, I, I can confirm know. that I was I was roughly in like Hammett, Idaho, <laughs> when you guys were doing this. <laughs> I, I drove up after work. I apologize. That's about right. You were rolling through Twin Falls. But yeah. holy diver, this interview was so much fun. Yeah. We were sitting there in their loading dock, like in between a pallet of malt and a pallet of cans. Yeah. And at one point, the lights go out. You'll hear that in the interview. But like he's talking they about. Went all the way out. It's not yeah. like one point. It's no, no, no. The last ten minutes of our interview were in literal. You couldn't see your hand in front of your face. Pitch blackness, except for our phones. We're also like sealed off in this loading dock, right? Yes. He closed the door. That was shit. the first joke. Is he was like, "I hope you guys can figure out how to get out of here because uh, we're trapped. Because <laughs> this, because <laughs> this is a panic room." Yeah. yeah. So when when you hear that happen on the podcast, know that this is this isn't regular darkness. Yeah, this was I, advanced, advanced darkness. darkness. Yeah. Also, uh, true horror, not just the typical horror of having to speak to another human being. <laughs> yeah, I, My voice is trembling because I think I'm probably going to die. <laughs> I think Rob, frankly, did too, though. Oh, man. It was fantastic all around. Rob is a ton of fun. Had a blast during that interview. Yeah. We hope you like it. And also, like, if you do go by Woodland, there is a decent chance you're just going to see him slinging beers. Yeah, he like, works he, all he is the time. There. Yep. He yeah, will hang absolutely. out with you. He's a good guy. So really go and cool. check them out. Yeah. Go and chat, like, hang out with him. Drink a lot of Woodland beers. They're very good. Yes. Yeah. All right, so it is day one of the Idaho Horror Film Festival, and I'm here. Jake's here, too. We are at Woodland Empire Alecraft, and it might seem a little weird that we're starting off the Idaho Horror Film Festival at a brewery, but it actually makes a lot of sense, because if we have one platform on this podcast, it's that horror movies go very, very well with beer, and also, Woodland Empire is uh, partnering with the Idaho Horror Film Festival to bring you a lot of the festivities uh, that are going on this weekend. So we are here with Rob Landerman. How's it going? Good to see you, Rob. Thank 
thanks for having us here. Are you uh, owner, co-founder? How do you, what do you want to be here for Woodland Empire? Yeah, all those things. All those things. Uh, I like that. Um, our partner Tom Dolan, my wife Keely, and myself uh, founded and uh, own and run Woodland Empire. Awesome. And you guys have been here in Boise at this same spot since, what, 2013? Is that right? We started uh, construction in 2013, opened officially January 2014. Okay, very nice. So talk to us a little bit about getting together with the Idaho Horror Film Festival. Um, so I don't even remember exactly how that happened, but I'll spin a yarn. I like it. Uh, so kind of the nexus of our brewery is community. That's kind of the empire part of it. Um we try to do a lot of stuff that's community focused, do things that, that penetrate uh, Boise a little bit more that are just not just surface. We raise money for a nonprofit. Those things are great, but we try to do stuff that uh, is, is deeper, more involved. Um, we like to make partners that are long lasting, long-term relationships, things like that, things we feel good about. So um, in previous years we did, we were kind of the incubator for um, the horrific puppet affair. If you guys ever came to one of those. Yeah, I've been to all those that were here, and I, I love that thing so much. So you guys are kind of got a little bit of a horror thing going. Yeah. I know you've done beyond horror stuff too, right. but uh, yeah, um, yeah, we. Uh, <laughs> I'm not like a big horror guy. I like horror. Okay, this is gonna be. It'll be fun. You'll hear. Uh, <laughs> but we're we're just open to anyone that's got a cool idea and is looking for someone to support them. Um, you know, kind of the the punk rock attitude of like I'm on the fringe of society. There's not a space for me no one is into this idea you guys seem cool <laughs> and that's i think that we just kind of attract those kind of weirdos which makes me really happy so they were some of those first weirdos and they came to us and were like hey we need a space no one wants this yeah. horror themed puppet show <laughs> and we're like hey that sounds cool let's do it absolutely and i with the horror film festival as well it's not just like a one time a year thing I, we've been to a few of these where you guys host movies like almost monthly with right. the film festival so i'm not sure how long you've been doing that but that's probably part of how you built that relationship to what we now see today, which we'll get into with the beer that you're drinking right there. Yeah. I worked, I, uh, I, I grew up in Eastern Idaho and then I lived for a time in uh, Austin, Texas. And I worked at the Alamo draft house. Um, if you're not familiar with this, uh, a, a, an offbeat, strange movie theater. They do a lot of first run normal movies, but, uh, they serve beer, they serve food and they like to do weird stuff. Um, and that was a big part of that programming we were encouraged as managers to do to come up with events and themes and um even you know when anaconda which is a horrible movie came out or great <laughs> great horrible you know but it's, it's a movie that's not like lord of the rings it's like some epic that you know that like tons of people are going to come out for that type of thing but uh even when something that dumb came out we got a, a snake handler from uh central texas to come up and he did he had like cobras and rattlesnakes and we served like rattlesnake poppers and things like that so that's, awesome. that's kind of in my in my dna to do weird fun events that are just they're a little bit more you know like a movie plus a movie's cool but we always like to do something in addition to that so um when we saw the horror fest going on here i was like you know, I've I've been part of this weird programming before. You know, we showed Garbage Pail Kids movie on 35 millimeter, <laughs> um, stuff like that. You know, um, so I just wanted to get involved and do something that's a little more fun that I didn't see going on in Boise yet. And uh, you know, meeting like Paige and Rachel and some of these some of these folks, um, we just kind of hit it off and struck the idea of doing a few things that led up to last year's fest. So I think it's been about two years now. That we've been doing events with them so we did kind of monthlies 
um, I think starting last summer that led up to the fall fest. And then we did, they asked us, they actually came up and they had the name. They're like, Hey, we have this whole pitch. We want a, a an easy drink and beer that can, you can crush in a festival setting. It's called Dracky Lager. And I was like, yeah, that's genius. Yeah. So talk to us about that a little bit. So we have Dracky Lager. You're drinking one right now. I foolishly am drinking a different Woodland Empire beer here, but talk to us a little bit about that. So what do you, you have There's the name. nothing foolish about drinking Woodland Empire beer. No, absolutely not. I'm walking out. <laughs> but you, you have the name and where, where do you go from there? Yeah. You, we, you have the name. The whole pitch was they wanted something easy to drink and light. And we were like, you know, what's the, what's the like hipster beer? You know, what's the one that all the kids are going to drink when they go to the Olympic or whatever. And so it's like, you know, Rainier PBR. <laughs> Oli. Oli. Yeah. So we're like, let's, let's make something in that wheelhouse. Sure. Um, I guess the, the beer they had the fest the year before is like a double IPA and double IPAs are great. You can have You're going to drink one. one. <laughs> right. And I was like, well, if we're going to do it, I mean, this is the, this is the capitalist in me. I was like, let's make something that we can do a lot of. No more of. You know, people are going to drink, you know, four or five of these to one double IPA. Yep. So we did, you know, like a 4% uh, American lager. Which is perfect. And you can drink that all day at the festival, like you were saying. Yeah. One of the interesting things, too. So they came to you with this idea, it mm-hmm. sounds like. But one of the things that we wanted to talk about with Woodland in particular is you guys do a lot of, I don't want to call them one-offs, but you have series we do a lot of dive in i want to dive into the series that you guys do so you have your mixtape ipas Uh you have your b-side right anything but the ipa yeah i've experienced anything besides and the ipa yep so musical theme there right obviously we would love to hear more about how that came about obviously very very musically focused that's cool too but just how you get inspiration to create those because we love horror we love beer there's a story there. Oh, it's sweet. Cool yeah, there. that's uh, this is this is totally my wheelhouse. Um, my wife and I both kind of come from musical backgrounds previous to uh, craft beer. Uh, she was in a band called Her Space Holiday, and they were quite big, toured Europe, with, you know, Bright Eyes, Good Life, uh, Death Cab, bands nice. like that. Yeah. Um, I was in shitty punk bands no one's ever heard of, <laughs> and we toured on our own dime with uh, Broke Down Vans many times. Uh, but music's always been like a big part of our lives, both of us growing up and uh, in our adult lives. And it's just something that's like really fun to share. Um, and then there's stuff to, I mean, the music that speaks to me is stuff that lyrically is really interesting. Uh, you know, that sparks a conversation or just kind of piques your interest somehow. And there's times in, you know, this is the, the gritty side of brewing that no one likes to talk about. It's not like glossy and fun. Sometimes it's really heartbreaking and, tough and bittersweet and okay. uh you know when, when we started we're both more artistic focused i don't know if you can tell um <laughs> but we you know we would try to do things that were like pushed the envelope a little bit you know played outside of the boundaries of normalcy um and those don't sometimes those fall on flat ears you know or on deaf ears and uh uh so you know you get kind of bitter or jaded at some of those things and sure. so we we're like, well, you know, let's just pander to the crowd. Let's make the lowest common denominator beer. And then after a while, I was like, you know what? I think that there's another way to do this. Maybe we can make what people want, but from our perspective. And obviously, everyone always wants an IPA. They don't want the cool, like, Belgian triple or <laughs> whatever, you know, So or the English mild with coffee. Um, so we're like, let's do this, but add something to it. You know, like, anyone can make an IPA. Let's make an IPA+. plus. And I was kind of using my, like, Alamo Drafthouse experience uh, where you kind of add something of value to it that's beyond just the thing 
Sure. And yeah, absolutely. And so you get in those moments where you're kind of feeling down on yourself or, you know, in any kind of emotional state. And you have, you know, you, if you're like me, you put on music to console yourself or to, ha- you know, you put on something that's angrier than you are to kind of like uh, give yourself a little bit more of a, a barometer of where you should be, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah the cathartic approach. Yeah. And uh, you're like, man, that guy's really angry about nothing, really. <laughs> so maybe things aren't so bad. Um, or you just get it off your chest, you know, um, it's ther- therapy of some, some unhealthy sort. Yeah. And so then I was like, oh, well, this is maybe the angle. So we were like, well, let's do songs that are kind of speaking to how we're feeling at the moment or speak to what's going on in the industry at this time. And then we'll, we'll make a beer themed off of that. So most of the time people make a beer and then they name it. And we try to have something that makes a beer you know that's, that's what i was gonna say that's a really cool thing it seems like you know you with the dracula thing or something you, you have a place where you know most people would make a beer and try to cram it into a name and right. a pun or something but you guys have a place where you're starting from that has some inspiration and make a beer based on that right and that's pretty cool exactly our mo- yeah. so we did the mixtape for two years ipa every month and then we found oh this is exhausting people you can see the sales starting to go down and it, other people started to follow suit, do the similar things. And they were like, okay, maybe IPA every month is not the smart choice. Maybe we're just flooding our own market. So let's do something else too. So now we're doing them every other month. And on the other month, we're doing the B sides, which, you know, musically is the flip side of the record, which is the not, the, not the hit. And so we're like, well, let's do stuff that's not IPAs. And so mostly we've been doing loggers partly because they're fun. And it's something that people aren't really exploring, you know, there's the milkshake IPAs and the pastry stouts. No one's really doing any of that shit with lagers. And so we're like, yeah, let's, yeah. let's do it, you know? Yeah, that's really uh, cool. And we did the first one. We're like, this could be a huge bust, but we'll know after the first one, if this doesn't work, then we'll just yeah. do something else, you know? <laughs> Easy. And, and have that few, so that's good news. Yeah, we're, uh, it's been this year is our first year with B-Sides, but we're on our sixth. So, um, yeah. yeah, it's been going really well. So the one that we just released is called After the Love is Gone. And... It's, um, you know, like a lot of them are self-effacing, um, uh, kind of tongue-in-cheek, but it's a, a Earth, Wind, and Fire song. Yeah. And, you know, it's a, it's a, it's pining for a love lost, but it's also kind of speaking to uh, the fickleness of the craft beer audience. For sure. Yeah. No, and the other thing that I think really sets Woodland Empire apart in my mind, especially, is the art on the cans. And so that artistic thing again, right? Yeah. And so talk to us a little bit about the art there, because that's, uh, that's a really cool thing. Yeah, the art, um, that's the other thing is, you know, I think anybody can appreciate the uh, most of what you buy is based on the packaging. <laughs> For sure. Sometimes yeah. you're like, oh, this thing is very low quality, but uh, it's cool. But it looks cool. It looks so cool. Um. Yeah, so we just wanted to is it's another one of those like a- added value things, you know, like uh giving people a little something more, showing people, you know, and especially nowadays, crappy is so crowded. You can go into a grocery I mean, you know, f- even 5 years ago you can gr- go into a grocery store and you've got, you know, 10, 15, 20 different things you can choose from and now mm-hmm. it's hundreds and hundreds and mm-hmm. h- how do you stand out? And so you make something eye-catching. And so a lot of it was that. I mean, Old Boise is even, you know, I spent um, this is the dumbest phrase I'll ever say in my life. I spent weeks looking at Pinterest. <laughs> I love it. Uh, just looking at old Americana yep. graphic design and specifically like 1950s to 1970s um, American beer labels mm-hmm. and just kind of like 
finding kind of the nexus of what made those those and then i actually took ones that i liked a lot and used them as a color palette and i just color picked them in illustrator to get the like color scheme and <laughs> you know make it feel like this is what my dad drank when he hit me <laughs> uh definitely i think one of the things that's cool too is you guys even have partnerships in this space that we're talking about right now mm-hmm. the most recent or i guess it's the current uh mixtape ipa i don't know much about the 48 beer project but uh-huh. i know that that's a thing right so you're even collaborating what i understand listener is that there is an artist a woman who's traveling around and collaborating with a brewery in each state one brewery in each of the 48 the art, right yeah. and she does the label art so yeah. that that's super awesome yeah. but um I believe it's your wife who does the art for everything else, right? She does, yeah, except for the mixtapes are done by our friend Ryan Butters, who okay. used to be one of our bartenders, is still a good friend, and he does cool. all the mixtapes. But besides the mixtapes, everything else is my wife, Keely, who is also our head brewer. And some of it's pretty iconic, too. I know, like, on our podcast, every week we try to pair a beer with a movie. Uh-huh. And Big Sticky, Big just Sticky. that monster. Yeah, we have, yeah. all three of us have at one point used Big Sticky just to be like, I don't know, it's a monster. I used it for paranormal, paranormal activity once because the footprint kind of looked like the footprint of that monster. Oh, that yeah. a, totally. Just a really iconic thing. Yeah, I did. I had to go to Photoshop. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. But uh, so that's all really cool stuff. So did who did the art for the Draculogger? That here? was my wife, Keely. Yeah. Oh wow, you're wearing a shirt with the Draculogger. Yeah, that is awesome. Yeah, <laughs> that's really cool. Stuff. Uh, yeah, she'll draw them, and then I finish them in Illustrator. So I'll color them and do like this one was really tough to make because it's got the silver and gold. Yeah, and all that stuff going on, and that is one of those things that's uh, kind of beyond my expertise, but I figure out how to do it. <laughs> this is just something I'm actually curious about. Is it is there any difference? So you guys usually do the labels as uh-huh. far as I've seen instead of, you know, printed on a beer can. Is there something that allows you to do that you, like, couldn't print directly on a can, but with, like, the variations and kind of shininess and color you have going on with the Draculogger? Is there a difference there? Yeah. I mean, as far as colors go, no, but, um, like, City Trees is the only one that we uh, have a printed can of. And it's just it's really based on volume. If you get a printed can, you have to buy what amounts to a literal truckload. So you have to get a full 18-wheeler. It's about 20 pallets, and those pallets are like 10, 12 feet tall. Uh, one pallet would last us, you know, a good, like, two months. So um, doing a bunch of one-offs and series where you're not revisiting that, we don't have the distribution yeah. footprint to justified doing so the labels and the and the labels cost a labeled can costs slightly less than a printed can does too so it just gives us a lot of flexibility really yeah Yeah, it makes sense okay so we're let's cut to the chase we're here to watch a horror movie (laughs) that's right we are here the blair witch project the original is going to be screened in about an hour yeah we have director one of the two directors daniel Daniel is going to be here it's going to be awesome Let's let's get into this a little bit. I know you said you're not the biggest horror fan, but yeah. we're gonna start to ask you some questions about horror. So we'll 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 see how this goes. I'll give you two very short anecdotes about mm. my uh, horror. Okay, life. let's do it. Let's do the background. I, I'll make it very succinct. <laughs> I grew up Mormon in Eastern Idaho. Yep. My parents would call uh, parents of anyone I was sleeping over at and give a no-no list of what we couldn't watch. So first horror movie I saw, I was 17 years old. And, you know, at that point, damage is kind of done. Sure. So uh, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a kind of a sissy uh, with specifically suspense. Okay. So it's things like the Blair Witch. Are I was like, going to say, this is perfect. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad we're screening it. Zombies tonight. and things like that. If it's like Dead Alive or something, it's all, all about it, you know. Uh, zombies are great. You know, I, I can do that. Like, 
there's certain things that I love, but sure. uh, suspense just kills me. And when I was in high school, <laughs> I went, there's this girl that I thought was gorgeous and she was a, uh, you know, rich, popular girl, many leagues out of my, uh, strata. Know that game. And, uh, she asked me to go to a movie with her and I was like, holy shit. Fuck yeah. And then you heard the movie. And so we went to the Play Witch Project. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Just come out in theaters and I melted in my seat yeah. and I, you know, where she was like looking down at me like. You have to uh, put on the brave face too. Oh, You're I didn't trying. even. I couldn't even. I couldn't. <laughs> and we never like spoke. We never now. spoke again. <laughs> totally blew it. That might be the best Blair Witch story I've heard. Yeah. Oh, but then man. you know, years later, I'm in my 20s, uh, late 20s, and meet who is my current wife, my only wife. I've never. I've only been married this one time. <laughs> my, I, my I often like to introduce my current and only wife as my first wife at parties, and yeah. she loves that. It's a great <laughs> joke. She loves it. <laughs> We went to see a movie called Severance, uh, which w- was billed as a British black comedy, dark comedy, and uh, it turns out it was like a suspenseful slasher film sure. with British humor. I love British humor, not so good on the suspenseful slasher stuff, but at one point my wife looks over, I mean at the time we had just started dating, weeks into a relationship, and uh, she looked, leans over and says, are you okay? And I looked up at her, because I had just melted all the way down <laughs> into my seat, and I was like... Yeah. She goes, do you want to go? And I was like, you know, in like a split second, I was like, if I say yes, it's all over. But I yeah. go, yes. <laughs> well, it was a good test then. I mean, yeah, it, totally. It it, uh, it held up. It's so, a testament to her more than me. So you, <laughs> fair. You, so you said your first horror movie was when you were 17, and then you gave us the Blair. Was the Blair Witch your first horror movie? Um, Shortly before that, uh, a friend of mine showed me uh, Halloween Okay, the original, the yeah. obvious, yeah. Okay, yeah. And that's, then, I mean, that's a pretty good introduction, though. You can't do much better. <laughs> yeah, than that. yeah. Absolutely. And then Blair Witch. <laughs> All right, but you're here on our podcast. We play beers for fears. Yes. Where we pair a horror movie with a beer Sweet. every week. We're watching the Blair Witch Project here tonight. Yeah. What beer would you pair with the Blair Witch Project? Oh man, <laughs> I'm on the spot now. You are. You're on the spot. God damn it. Let me think. I feel like it should be something horrible. Exactly. There's no rules to the segment. God damn. Um, if I was less of a baby and loved horror a lot, I would probably want to drink something like Old Rasputin with the Blair Witch Project. Okay. Because it's got layers. You know, Blair Witch at first blush is um, uh, obvious. I guess. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, you know, when I watched horror, so I'm looking at this from a different perspective. This is why I'm giving this <laughs> <Sure>. disclaimer. <laughs> uh, you know, when I went and saw it, I was just like, for weeks, I was like, holy shit, I can't believe this happened to people in real life. I thought it really happened too. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and everyone else is like, happened. you moron. That's not at all what this is a whole ruse. <laughs> yeah, it did. It did. Pre, pre-technology. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like Old Rasputin is kind of that same thing. It's old school. Um, it's real. But it's like it's layered and it's got depth. But if you just want to like uh, white knuckle it and and just like grip it and rip it, you know. Um, uh, listener, the lights have just gone out in <laughs> this uh, awesome place we're sitting in. Uh, <laughs> we're told that there's no way to get out. Of <laughs> yeah, we were told there's no way to get out. So that's something. Yeah, I think it, I think this was for the I think the movies probably the probably gear enough for the party out. there. So out. Yeah, we'll just do this number. <laughs> that I I do have to say, despite the 
slight technical thing that we just experienced. I'm getting back on track here. It feels more Blair Witchy in here now. It does. I'm going to have to do mine, too. There we go. This is getting a lot better now. <laughs> I think that's a better defense than anything. So we're, I don't know, 150 episodes into our podcast at this point. Blair Witch was probably episode two, three. It was like one of the first. We weren't very good at doing this and pairing it and giving an explanation. So I'm not sure what either of us said when we actually had to do, do this. But do you know? I, we're going to go back and play it right now. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I don't remember. I do remember that McNaughton's whiskey was part of mine. I don't remember the actual beer, but I took too much shots of McNaughton's whiskey. But, you know, you ask a brewer to do beers for fears. and we, 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 This is a bad idea, Jake. We, we brought someone out here to absolutely beat us at our own game. I think that's fair. I think we should just lightning round then. All right. Do you oh, have dang. them up? Ooh, buddy. <laughs> All right, Rob, you ready for a few uh, lightning round questions? You're, you're having to hold the phone light for me, so you're, yep. you're pulling double duty here. <laughs> All right. Let's do it. So, number one, favorite Halloween costume you've ever worn? Favorite Halloween costume I've ever worn? I suck at Halloween costumes so bad. Uh, so, my favorite Halloween costume I love because it's dumb, but I think it's hilarious because everyone else thinks it's dumb and they don't get the joke, is... Uh, I am really creative, but not when it comes to Halloween costumes for some reason. Yep. So for many years as a child, I would put on a red hooded sweatshirt, and I would go as Elliot from E.T. Oh, I love that one, though. I never did that. Favorite song? Oh, my God. Or band, and it can be like, I'm going to hedge a little bit. You're you're a musical guy. You can give us a few. Shit. Um, favorite band or song? These are rude questions. <laughs> um... Well, I uh, let's say formidable years. I was most inspired by a band from Chicago called the Lawrence Arms, and one of our first mixtapes was named after a song by them called the the song. We changed the beer name slightly, but the song was called the uh, the slowest drink at the saddest bar on the snowiest day in the saddest city. Yeah. Um. So probably one of those. Yeah. Very awesome. All right, let's combine those two questions. What is the best Halloween song? The best yeah. Halloween song yeah, would be you've got one. Halloween yeah. by the Misfits. Hell yeah. Quickest answer you possibly could have given. I'm going to I'm gonna go with more what I think are hard hitters here. Uh, Desert Island beer. Desert Island beer. Ooh. Pilsner Raquel. I like that. Yeah, quick, too, right there. Right You'd have there. to bury them in the sand so they don't get skunky. But... You'll make it happen, though. You know what to do. You know what to do. It's such a good beer. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And it's cooler down in the sand. (laughs) You ever had a real-life horror experience? You ever seen a ghost or aliens, anything like that? (sighs) No. You know, growing up Mormon kind of ruins a lot of that stuff for you. Yeah. They firmly don't believe in a lot of that stuff. And then I – so I grew up not really believing in that stuff. Because the way they think of spirituality and stuff, I know I'm making this dumb, but I'm 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 getting to a point. Uh, <laughs> I left the Mormon Church when I was 17. I was kicked out of my house by my folks and uh, lived on my own from 17 on. And uh, when around like 18, 19, I became born again Christian, and you know, real hard turn. Yeah. Uh, I I'd been doing a lot of drugs and alcohol and. <laughs> found found the found the jesus but i uh was living with a buddy and his mom and his brothers and they uh were big christians and we were playing a lot of uh, like magic the gathering and stuff like that at that oh, time yeah. oh jack and then we uh we got the real the the hard satanic panic uh yep. talk from someone at church and i don't know if it got in my head or if it was real but this is the only time anything's ever happened to me that i was like 
is there things that are not human? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I was uh, uh, in bed, and I had magic cards in a bag ne- and a like si- bedside table, and it like started like this is my memory, okay? It was, it was like shaking like crazy, and I was scared shitless. Man, and I heard like tapping on the window, and so I just uh, went outside and burned all the cards in the barbecue grill. Man, some of that old school magic card is scary. And I've never played oh, magic shit. since, <laughs> but that would be the only time Cold that turkey. I've. I've, uh, but nothing ever happened after that, so I feel like maybe that was it. It was magic. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that was it. (laughs) Okay, so you've admittedly the list might not be the longest in the world, but favorite horror movie. Man, favorite horror movie. That's so hard. The ones that I like are so silly. I think one of my favorite of all time is probably one that I don't know if you can consider a horror movie, but um. My brothers and I watched it every year as kids, um, and then has recently found new popularity, which is strange to me because no one has ever heard of it. Well, <laughs> previously you get you've heard of it; it's very popular now. But when I was growing <laughs> up, up and up until my adulthood, anyone I talked to was like had never seen it. Monster Squad. Oh shit! Yeah, that's I, on every October. I'd say that's minimum. like my favorite. It's it's amazing. My favorite ever. Yeah, my favorite is from Dust Till Dawn. So silly is like okay because yeah. that takes a hard totally. turn. Yeah. All right, let's. Uh, favorite Spice Girl, with the caveat that we don't really know any of them, so anything you say could probably be okay. I'll believe favorite it. Favorite Spice Girl. Um, Scary Spice. Yeah, I actually do know that's one. That's the right answer. Okay, we're getting we're getting down to the bottom of our list here, but we got to go with this one. How many classic horror monsters could Big Sticky take down in unarmed combat? What are what like? Are you talking like Lon Chaney classic horror monsters, or just like Frankenstein, Dracula, zombies, like just the classics? Yeah. Uh, This so we'd have to think about Big Sticky's anatomy, what he's made up of. I assume that he is a lot like a shambling man from D&D. Ooh, I like that. Uh, I like so he's that. you know very plant-based. Probably yeah. doesn't have bones. <laughs> I would think he's probably made out of like sticks and uh, yeah. He so also, I don't know that we've ever seen his size. But shambling mans are resistant to a lot of types of damage. They are. So, <laughs> and they can absorb you and eat you from inside. So maybe a lot. I think that I kind of feel like uh, Mummy would be easy. I think that uh, a battle with the Wolfman would be uh, fun and uh, harrowing, but like ultimately that. Sticky yeah. would overcome. I think okay. that Frankenstein, if he's just doing like bludgeoning damage, would That's would probably yeah he'd probably get through Frankenstein. Probably, no, I think that Stig, think Frankenstein? I, I think that Frankenstein might be That's the one. All right, you know, like Dracula is scary to us, but I don't, you know, Sticky's gonna be like, what are you gonna do to me? <laughs> yeah, no, no blood to suck. Yeah. Probably, yeah. You you know, do you live off chlorophyll, motherfucker? <laughs> <laughs> All right, last question for you: favorite Woodland Empire beer? Oh man, ever brewed? Wood, Woodland Empire beer. <laughs> oh man, current, but yeah, it doesn't have to be on tap right now. Okay. Tell everybody what to drink on tap right now, but definitely your favorite ever. Uh, well, the one that I think that I'm the most proudest of uh, that we do all the time is our Pilsner. Okay. And I know that sounds like a boring thing, but it's a really hard beer to make. Uh, it's really delicious. It's really easy drinking. And, uh, yeah, it's hard to make, and I think that we make a really good one. Uh, but I think that one of my favorites that we've ever done 
is uh, our anniversary beer last year, which was a, a Belgian quad aged in whiskey barrels. Awesome. I know that's more like sexy, but <laughs> sure is. I would drink our Pilsner on a desert island buried in sand. <laughs> Very, very nice. All right, Rob. Well, that's all we got for you. We really appreciate you being here with us. Tell the listeners anything else you want them to know about Woodland, about what you guys got going on, about anything. We're not as pretentious as you might think. We're actually really cool. We are. We have good beer, and we do fun events. So, you know. Agree with all of those things. Yeah, if you're in Boise, get here. It's the right place to be. Give us a try. You'll feel good about it. For sure. Well, thanks again, Rob. We appreciate it. Thank you, guys.